At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Through our message series, Soul Food, when a meal with Jesus was more than food, we'll unpack what Jesus has to teach us from the time He spent around the table. Here, in the ordinary, everyday sharing of a meal, we'll discover who Jesus came for, what it takes to be with Him, and how you and I can be changed by His greatness and grace. All right, this morning, if you have a Bible or electronic device, I want to encourage you to take it out and turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. You know, as you're, as you're turning there, you know, this afternoon or maybe this morning or maybe right after the service, you're going to gather with your family and have a meal. Maybe it'll be fast food. Maybe it'll be elaborate. I, I'm not sure. Um, but I know that uh, days like today many times are an opportunity for us to share a meal with loved ones. It's an opportunity for us to, to make memories. And what happens with meals like today is that, like in my mind, I don't know if it's like this in your mind, but when I have these special meals together with family, it's almost as though they get filed away in like a file folder in my mind. There's like this file folder for like family meal memories. And uh, it fi files away in there. And so whenever I want to go back and I, I think through holidays like Christmas, I think through Easter, I think through like Thanksgiving, there's like a special folder for those memories and those moments of eating with memory, meeting with family together. I'll never forget, it was the Easter of 1984. This was one of the, the special years, I don't know, it was a long time ago, that it seemed like all the family showed up, up at my grandfather's house in Tennessee. My aunts and my uncles, my cousins, uh, even my whole family showed up, and it was like a weekend of like perfect celebration. We had like an Easter egg hunt. Uh, we went to church together at my grandfather's church, and we had a big Sunday dinner afterwards. And I almost can play through in my mind like the moments that we shared together and, and the things that I felt and the smells that I experienced. And it just gives me a sense of, of excitement and sense of family and sense of togetherness. And I'm sure you probably have memories like that, those meals that have been cemented in your mind. Well, in my, my memory folder for uh, those meals with family not only include exciting meals and fun meals, they also include some sad meals. I'll never forget the, the meal that we shared as a family after my grandmother passed. It was a couple years after that, that great year in Easter my, my grandmother passed and we had gathered together and at my grandfather's house again and we had a meal there, but then we also had a, a meal after church, after, after we um, had her funeral. And those are also those important meals where we gather together and in those meals they're a little different. They're not all excitement. There's a, a mixture of sadness and there's a mixture of sweetness at the same time. But those are powerful meals where we share memories of consoling one another. Well, today, as we look at Luke chapter 24, as we're continuing our series entitled Soul Food, what we've been doing over the past several weeks, we've been walking through the book of Luke, seeing how Jesus uses a shared meal as a methodology for his ministry. So he uses that time where there's a shared meal to intentionally advance the kingdom of God. And today what we're going to do is we're going to see Jesus show up at another meal. 
This meal is a meal where the disciples gathered together after they, they saw Jesus die on the cross and then see him laid in a tomb and then they have to live all Saturday in sadness and, and dis, disorientation and wondering what's going on. They gather together on Sunday again for a meal. And in some ways it might be like a funeral meal where they're wondering what's going on. Why did this have to happen? Why did Jesus allow himself to be sacrificed? They, they thought Jesus was going to come and establish the kingdom of God and now all of their hopes and dreams feel like they're shattered. And Jesus is going to use a meal to show the power of his resurrection. You see, remember where we left off on Friday where Jesus had been arrested and he'd been taken and he'd been tried not only before the religious leaders but also through the, the Roman government and people in the crowds were continually shouting over and over and over again, crucify him, crucify him. And Jesus goes to a cross and on the cross an amazing exchange takes place to the world that just seemed like another man was being killed. But in the spiritual level, God, Jesus, was taking on all of the sin of the world, taking the penalty for all the sin and he endured the wrath of God and then Jesus died. And he was taken down from the cross and he was laid in a tomb but today, on Easter Sunday, I want us to look at the portion of Scripture that speaks of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. You see, Jesus is not just some historical figure that lived and died. He's not just someone from the past. But we want you to know this morning that Jesus has come. Jesus has lived a perfect life, a life that, that you and I could not live and Jesus died in our place for our sins and then on the third day was raised in order to save the world from their sins to anyone that would trust in him. So this morning, what we're going to do for a few moments is we're going to wrestle with the resurrection. We're going to wrestle with the resurrection. We're going to see three things about Jesus and the resurrection that changes our lives which makes all the difference, which makes Jesus more important than any other figure, any other person that has ever lived or ever will live. We're gonna see three truths about Jesus today. The first truth that we're going to see in verses 36 through 43 in chapter 24 is that Jesus's resurrection is true. Look with me as we begin in verse 36. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet? That is I myself, it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelief for joy, they were marveled, marveling. And he said to them, have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before him. So it's one thing for us to say that the resurrection is true, but how can we know for sure? 
How do we know for sure the resurrection took place and actually happened? Because really, the resurrection is the foundation of our hope. As Tyler has already said, the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. You see, if Christ has not raised, Christ could have been a figure that lived and he could have lived a really, really good life. He could have done a lot of amazing things. He could have healed people. He could have taught a lot of amazing things. And, and that's all good and fine. But unless Jesus raises from the dead, then there is no foundation for our faith. We're still stuck in our sins. You see, sin had to be punished as it was on the cross, but Jesus also had to resurrect so that sin could be put away and it could be done and death could be no more and those that believe in Jesus can be forgiven and have the promise of eternal life. So we have to wrestle with the resurrection. I know that sometimes it can be difficult to comprehend and believe that a man could rise from the dead because this goes against our natural experience. I don't know if you've been like me, but I've had to walk through the death of, of several people that I've loved. I've had to say goodbye to them or see you later until we get a chance to meet them again in heaven. And I know that God's never raised any of my loved ones from the dead. My mom, when she passed, though I, I prayed that she would come back alive and that God would restore her body and give her life, he didn't. And so to, to wrestle with a man almost 2,000, 2000 years ago that claims that he was from God, who was God, who lived a perfect life, who died on a cross, and then makes the claim that he rose again, that's difficult for us to wrestle with. It's hard to wrap our minds around that because it's not a part of our common experience. I get it. It can be difficult to believe that Jesus is alive. Maybe you're here today and you have questions about the resurrections. Don't, don't worry. Don't, don't, don't think as though there's something strange about you.